2: Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. We're a little closer to basketball season officially. NBA games later tonight kick off the 21-22 professional season. College Hoops just now a few weeks away and we are oh so close to really the winter months and basketball season here in southern Indiana. The first Associated Press poll for College Hoops out yesterday afternoon and Indiana not in the top 25. I don't think anyone expected they would be, but... Mike Woodson's first team comes in at number 27. Basically, that is the second team in the receiving votes column. Uh, IU getting, uh, let's see here, a number of votes from the panel of national writers, 41 poll points from a panel of 63 media members around the country that vote on the AP poll. Big Ten represented a lot like in football, very strongly in basketball as well. Michigan leads the way as far as the conference goes, Number 6 in the country, Purdue right behind the Wolverines at number seven, then it's Illinois at number 11, Ohio State follows at number 17, and Maryland at number 21. Michigan State was just ahead of Indiana in receiving votes that column, then Indiana Rutgers also received some votes in the poll as well. So An interesting uh, go of it, if you look at things from the the national level, the top five, Gonzaga, number one, UCLA, number two, so a lot of West Coast flavor uh, to college hoops potentially this season. Kansas came in at three, Villanova four, and Texas five before Michigan and Purdue at number six and seven. A strong showing by the Big Ten Conference, and I think IU fans should be uh, pleased and hopeful with the uh, number 27 ranking, if you want to call it that, by IU basketball Heading into the season. I'm not sure when the season ended a year ago, before it was official that Archie Miller was going to be removed from the position of head coach, uh, that anyone thought this team would enter this season uh, with uh, anywhere close to a top 25 ranking. But obviously, a lot of things have happened since that point, starting with a coaching change. And then job one for Mike Woodson was to retain Trace Jackson Davis and a few other key players from that roster and of course not only was he able to retain those that he really wanted uh, for the most part he was able to also add some uh, very intriguing players from the transfer portal and bring in Tamar Bates and things as far as roster construction for year one Uh, I think from where things were at the end of last season have greatly improved so hopeful is a word to describe this IU basketball team but as we think about football and expectations and all the conversations leading up to the season on what kind of year it could be for IU on the gridiron – uh, that's an, an example and a reason why you want to stay very leveled and very grounded when it comes to expectations for the team or teams that you follow. And I think that's a, a key thing to remember here as we get ready for the college hoop season and the beginning official beginning of the tenure of Mike Woodson as head coach. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up, we've got our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. A little bit later in the afternoon, hour. Uh, will be joined by Dylan Wallace. Dylan is the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He also writes for Sports Illustrated Indiana. We'll talk some football, for the most part, with Dylan. And then later in the hour, Mike Pegram of Peaks.com checks in. We'll talk IU basketball. There is some big IU recruiting news today. Noah Clowney, really not big news, but Noah Clowney was set to make his decision on October 31 on Halloween, on Sunday coming up, a week from this Sunday. Uh, He put out on Twitter yesterday that he's going to bump that back by a day. So I know a lot of fans, I get questions every day, where's Clowney going to go? What are you hearing about Noah Clowney? Uh, well, we're going to have to wait one more day until he makes his decision. It'll be a week from this coming Monday. So we'll catch up with Mike on that and a few other notes as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Tam. In New Albany. Let's check in with our Zaxby's headlines. A summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. I mentioned the Clowney news being bumped back. His decision will be by one day. Also a reminder that Xavier Booker, the 2023 standout who's really been gaining some traction here this offseason season has a number of official visits scheduled or visits in general scheduled here this week. He is going to be on IU's campus beginning on Wednesday for a junior year official visit. Then later in the week when the IU official wraps up, he's got an unofficial visit scheduled to Cincinnati on October 22, and the following day he'll be up at Notre Dame for an unofficial visit on October 23. So he is beginning to unpack some of the recruiting interest that he has had, all sorts of, of interest and scholarship offers for Xavier Booker of Cathedral, who, by the way, Don't forget he and the Cathedral team will play at New Albany in early January. They'll also play over in Louisville at Male High School, which will be a great battle between Booker for Cathedral and Caleb Glenn, a former IU prospect that IU is really targeting, uh, who committed to the University of Louisville. That will be a great matchup in the area as well. A chance to see Booker, who I think you can expect Indiana to continue to track at a high level, and for them to be a player in his recruitment as things move forward from his junior year of high school hoops to his junior year of travel ball and AAU ball. Also, uh, I think it's appropriate to talk about this uh, with the NBA season starting tonight. uh, I always find it interesting how many players have a connection to our state, whether they're natives of the Hoosier State, maybe their connection to the state is that they play their college basketball here. And by my count, 19 players that have connections to our state uh, are playing, suiting up officially on rosters this season for various NBA teams. Obviously, most local to everyone here, Romeo Lankford from New Albany, played one season in Indiana, Uh, hopeful that he will have a rotational role This season for the Boston Celtics. I think that is the goal. Aaron Henry of Ben Davis, who was an IU recruit at one time or a target at one time, uh, went to Michigan State playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. O.G. Ananobi, he's probably the of the five IU guys alumni in the NBA currently. He probably is the one with the highest ceiling that has had the best career and has maybe the potential to have even a better career as his NBA time in Toronto continues. Dylan Windler, a tremendous story from Perry Meridian in Indianapolis. He's playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a mid-major standout in college and was able to find a roster spot for the Cavaliers. Trade Lyles of Indianapolis Tech. He's playing for the Detroit Pistons. Keelan Martin, who had such a great career at Butler. He's from Louisville originally. He's uh, playing for the Indiana Indiana Pacers. This year, Pat Connaughton of Notre Dame, he's playing with the Milwaukee Bucks, George Hill of Broad Ripple, played his college ball at IUPUI. He also is with the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending NBA champion. Gordon Hayward, a name that a lot of New Albany fans will remember from that semi-state game back some years ago. A Brownsburg graduate, had the obviously magical career in that run with Butler playing for the Charlotte Hornets now. Vic Oladipo, um, a love-hate thing, I think. We loved him. Most people loved him when he was at Indiana, when he was with the Pacers. Uh, especially in the closing months of that time, maybe not so much. But he is recovering from an injury. He is on the roster this year. Uh, for the Miami Heat and expected to see some time later in the season, which could help a, a Miami team that's supposed to be pretty good and have a chance to make a push in the playoffs. Gary Harris, just saw him the other night down in Orlando playing against Romeo. He is playing for the Magic. He, of course, uh, Hamilton Southeastern project uh, product is uh, Gary Harris. Etwan Moore, out of the region, played for East Chicago Central before going to Purdue. He also is playing with the Magic. Thomas Bryant of IU, one of the five IU guys in the league right now, playing for the Washington Wizards this season. Cody Zeller, of course, from Washington High School, the Hatchets, here in southern Indiana, played at IU, playing with Portland. He's got a broken nose right now and is out. Mike Conley, who was part of some unbelievable high school teams at Lawrence North, a three-peat for uh, Conley and Odin during his high school time. He's playing for the Utah Jazz. Eric Gordon, an IU product for a season, at least, from Indianapolis North Central with the Rockets. He was recently, was it a season ago or two, uh, six man of the year in the NBA in Houston. Desmond Bain, another great story from our state. He played small school Seton Catholic up by Richmond, Indiana. He's playing this season on the roster for the Memphis Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson of Park Tudor playing for Memphis. John Conchar, who played mid-major ball at Purdue-Fort Wayne, he's with Memphis as well. So that's a rundown of the 19 connections to our state as the NBA season officially gets underway tonight. A big one tonight, Golden State playing at the Lakers. That's a big Western Conference game. I love Golden State, how they play, how they move the ball, pass the ball. That'll be a fun game to start the season later tonight. One other IU football headline in this opening segment, Uh, nothing real surprising from Tom Allen's Monday news conference yesterday, but with Penix still out or expected to still be out, and with Jack Tuttle getting some opportunity to start at QB for the Hoosiers, It sounds like that uh, Coach Allen yesterday, in fact, saying that uh, Donovan McCauley, who played high school football at Lawrence North and is a QB prospect of the future for the Hoosiers, he's got a a few snaps, what was it, four or five uh, snaps, I think, in the loss Saturday to Michigan State, uh, he's no longer going to be a redshirt. There was still an opportunity to redshirt him even after this past weekend, uh, but he is no longer an option for a redshirt. Coach Allen saying that as long as Penix is out and Jack Tuttle is the starting QB, he's going to be looking for opportunities to get McCauley in the game and get him experience for the future. So uh, kind of a change of plans there that could affect the future of IU football. McCauley, I think, is a prospect everyone is excited about for down the line, but it looks like he could be getting more opportunity here in this true freshman season for himself at the QB position. So that's something to watch. We really don't know much about Pennix, and if he is going to be ready to come back this weekend, will he bring him back slowly? Will Tuttle still get playing time when Pennix returns? A lot up in the air, but I take from the announcement yesterday that McCauley no longer redshirting that we will see him. I don't think they would burn that opportunity to redshirt him if they weren't going to get him some uh, somewhat legitimate opportunity behind the ball as the quarterback. So Macaulay going to get some early looks uh, for IU here in this freshman season. And who would have thought that coming into the year with Michael Penix as the starting quarterback, the season he had a year ago before he was injured. I think we all expected he would dominate things at least time at the quarterback slot. And then Jack Tuttle has proven himself. He did so when Penix went out last season and led IU to a Good close to the regular season. Uh, you would think that between those two, there would just be absolutely no chance that a third quarterback uh, without some major issues going on would get in. And that's what's happening. It's allowed McCauley, uh, the Penix injury, him not playing well, and Tuttle uh, maybe not playing as well so far in his one start either. We'll see how he does here against Ohio State this weekend. But McCauley not redshirting and expected to get more time this season for IU football which I think is a good thing for the future as you look ahead to this program under Coach Allen. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is always open here on the show. We'd love to get your questions and comments about the Hoosiers, whether it's football or basketball or recruiting or high school football or sports, whatever you want to say or give a shout out to. Send us a message at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. The Thornton. Text line. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of your pick me up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and also donuts as well at your local Thornton's. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with me. IU football will be the main discussion with Dylan. We'll get into a little high school football as well with the sectionals forthcoming. And then later in the show, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com on IU hoops as we get ready for the college basketball season. Stay with us. Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report. Back after a quick word. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back with you here on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. And Dylan Wallace, uh, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with me as we talk some IU football and more in this segment. Dylan, in advance of the Ohio State game, not a lot of news uh, from Coach Allen yesterday during his press conference, but he did mention that Donovan McCauley, the freshman quarterback, who I don't think going into the season – anyone expected to see much time, if any, for this Indiana team uh, is going to uh, not redshirt and will be available, and he expects maybe to get some more playing time this season.
3: That's yeah, a good thing. Um, I think the plan was always to redshirt him. We we had asked Alan a couple times just earlier in the season, even after the first couple of games, uh, I think even going to the, the Idaho game, the second game of the season, like, do you plan to use McCauley at all in certain packages? And he kept saying, you know, that that's definitely the plan. We want to get him in, and we hadn't seen him yet. And even after, and after Michael Penix got hurt, it was brought up again. Like, hey, you know, will we see him more? And you know, Allen said, you know, yep, yeah, it's still part of the plan. Get him in here every once in a while. And we obviously saw that uh, come to play uh, last Saturday against Michigan State. Only a couple plays, but now I think what was interesting about what the offensive coordinator Nick Sheridan said was not only are we just trying to teach Donovan, you know, the the certain kind of gadget plays we want him to come in for, he's now trying to learn the whole playbook and get up to speed with everything we're trying to do. So, um that that's a sign that hey, you know, they might use him a little bit more, we might see him on the field a little bit more. Um maybe he'll have a whole drive to himself, I don't know, but I think it's a I think it's a good thing just with the struggle at quarterback um from from no matter who's been back there so far. I think uh, everyone's answers to when they just thought it was Michael Penix's fault were, were answered on Saturday because it clearly was not just him. It's something collectively with the offense that's going on. So I think if you can bring in a freshman like McCauley, no one really knows that much about him. He's got speed. He can throw it. He had a really good career at Lawrence North. Um, he might be able to bring some, you know, dynamic stuff to the offense, and you just hope that maybe they'll throw in a couple of trick plays here and there against Ohio State because that's a team uh, you're going to have to have as much creativity as you want to try to beat them. So I, th- I think it's a positive thing. Um, And, you know, I'm excited to kind of see where they want want to use him. Um, But I do think it's a good thing we might see him a little more. Because, I mean, we all knew, uh, especially those who followed, you know, Indiana high school football, that he's really talented. He was a big recruit for them to get. Um, And I think as much experience he can get is a good thing.
2: Dylan Wallace is my guest. Dylan, uh, it took 11 quarters for Indiana to score its first touchdown against a Big Ten opponent this season. And against conference opponents, I use seven red zone opportunities have resulted in four field goals and just one touchdown score. Uh, You mentioned it's not just Pennix that's having trouble with the offense. Jack Tuttle, there are collectively issues with this offense. What's going on and what hope should IU fans have that there's some remedy going to happen here with uh, teams like Ohio State and Michigan and their big defenses coming up just uh, this week, Ohio State a couple weeks down the line, the Wolverines.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to sort of point to any kind of hope that this team can move the ball or move it effectively, especially when they get down in the red zone. I mean, I know obviously the field shortens once you're in that red zone. The defense is, you know, there's not as much room behind them. They can do different things to make it harder on the offense. But still, I mean, you need to find ways to score the ball. And even Indiana's touchdown, against Michigan State, it was like the catch in the back of the end zone, incomplete, not a touchdown uh, you know, Carr's knee was down right before he got the goal line and it, it just felt like my gosh, is this team ever gonna score? Uh finally they were able to punch it in. You know, it just seems everything's so difficult inside the twenty for them. Um and field goals just aren't gonna cut it in the Big Ten. I mean we we've seen it, you know, Michigan wins by five. If you convert two of those red drone trips into touchdowns, you win the game, uh against Michigan State. You know, it's just touchdowns matter in the Big Ten and you can't get by with field goals. Um it just seems like, you know, it, it's hard to pinpoint one thing, uh, but I do think the play calling, um, it, you know, you saw it on the first drive against Michigan State. It was like, wow, you know, this is a little bit different. They're throwing the ball more. They're getting it downfield. This is good. And then after the pick six at Tuttle through, it just seemed like they reverted back to their old ways of just, you know, the predictive runs, uh the, the short passes, the check downs. It just didn't seem like there was much going on. Um, you know, the quarterbacks haven't been making the best decisions. The offensive line can't block. The receivers aren't coming up a lot with a lot of the 50-50 balls that they caught last year. That's been a big difference as well. I mean, it's just everything that's going on is just is just uh, going negatively toward Indiana's offensive production. Um, I think, you know, when you look at early last year, uh, you know, Nick Sheridan is his first year in Indiana. You know, they were able to score a lot of points in the 30s a lot of the first couple games. But if you really go back to that, maryland game of last season it was like november 27th when when michael Penix got hurt it was kind of overshadowed by Penix's injury but the offense looked really bad in that game then you know you barely beat wisconsin they did enough to win that it was a great defensive performance against old miss in the bowl game it didn't look too well so it's really been a while since this offense is kind of connected and maybe people are just starting to figure out sheridan's play calling and his tendencies and they're kind of figuring out how to stop this offense because you know, maybe the, the early kind of we-don't-know-what-to-expect factor of last season helped Indiana out. But now if you look back to just even the last couple of games of last season and every game this season, I mean, pe- people just figure Indiana out, and it's really easy to defend them. And I think all the fans sitting at home kind of know, well, we know they're going to probably run here. They might throw a short pass here. I mean, it's just getting easy to figure out. So, um, you know, Tom Allen said again and again he's going to evaluate every single thing on the offense you just hope they keep trying to add new wrinkles and, and add things in because they're going to need it. Because if you keep, if you keep running the same plays that you've been running the first couple of weeks, you're not going to score many touchdowns against Ohio State. You're not going to score many touchdowns against Michigan, like you mentioned. Um, it's just going to be, you know, you got to score touchdowns to win in the Big Ten. And I don't know if there's an area that gives, you know, me or many fans hope that this team will, will be able to turn it around offensively. It just seems kind of like they are what they are, which is kind of disappointing because there's a lot of excitement around this team. Um, but, hey, you know, Never say never, and I think there's definitely possibilities. There's different ways. I think guys can make plays. You know, they just have to figure things out. I know losing losing DJ Matthews was tough, but uh, it's it's just been a, a difficult thing. But I think they need every single area to step up. The receivers need to catch balls. The O line needs to block better. The quarterbacks need to make better decisions, and the play calls have to put those players in the best as best positions to make them successful.
2: Dylan Wallace is my guest. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, you know, as I watch this team, and I know fans feel the same way. It's so frustrating, especially the offensive woes, and Michael Penix, and even Jack Tuttle. You know, have just not been maybe who we thought they were. Maybe that's not fair to say about Tuttle because he's really had one start so far this season. But you know, people that I respect, IU writers, even some national. College football people, even Don Fisher, the legendary voice of the Hoosiers, saying this is the best uh, IU football team in the preseason at practices since the you know the 1970s. Uh, that clearly has not worked out. What what has happened with this team? Is it collectively a number of things from Pennix and the offense uh, and injuries? Is there anything else you can pinpoint? I mean, where did this thing get so far off track?
3: Yeah, I don't think injuries are – I mean, I think, you know, the D.J. Matthews injury was the toughest one for the offense. But, I mean, I think you look at the defense, and that's the one positive thing about this team right now is the defense is playing good enough, you know, well enough in every single game for Indiana to be able to win. Uh, and They were even without Taiwan Mullen on Saturday. Reese Taylor only played a couple of snaps where he couldn't go anymore. And they have these backup corners in that, you know, Michael McFadden's all over the field. The defense has been playing amazing. And they made Michigan State look average, and they made Kenneth Walker not look like a Heisman contender, even though he was coming into the game. You know, the defense was playing awesome, and they kind of have been really good all season. You know, you know, there were two pick-sixes against Iowa, and, and you, know, there are, you know, Indiana's defense kind of played them well, except for one big run by the Hawkeyes. They played Penn State pretty well for being in Happy Valley on the road at, at a night game. Um, I just think the defense is playing to a level where Indiana could be winning these games. I think it's just all about kind of the offense and where things have gone wrong there. Um, I think even a little bit of of clock management and timeout management by Tom Allen and the staff, I think that's been pretty poor as well throughout some of these games. Um, And I think that's the biggest thing. And I think with, with the offense, it's just last year we didn't really see them face as much adversity. They were riding a high wave. This was happening. But I think a big question into this season was, okay, what happens if you lose to Cincinnati and you lose to Iowa, you lose to Penn State, these losses start to pile up. How can the team respond? How can they play when they're not riding this extreme wave of momentum and kind of excitement that they had last season? And I think right now uh, we're kind of seeing that it's kind of hurting. I don't know if it's hurting their confidence. I know these guys are really confident players. When you talk to them, they just seem like they believe in one another, and that's, kind of the culture Tom Allen has built, but it just seems like there's something going off. There's something off about this team, especially on the offensive side of the football. Um, As I said, the receivers, you know, they're not coming down with the 50-50 balls that they usually did. Is that confidence? They're not as confident to catch the ball? I'm not sure. It just, there just seems to be a lot of things going wrong. And I think it just kind of due to the losses piling up, games they thought they could win, Uh, Things aren't going as how they thought it would, and now it's kind of starting to pile up on them and tumble on them. I mean, it's a lot with what we've seen with Indiana basketball the last couple of seasons when the losses start to come. What are you going to be able to do to crawl yourself out of it? And they they kind of struggle to do that. We're seeing that with Indiana's offensive side of the ball uh, in these first you know six games of the season. And I think, but I mean, to give the defense credit, I mean, honestly, they've been playing so well. And I don't, you know, I'm not saying they're a top ten defense in college football, but I mean, I'd say top thirty consistently, and they're playing like it. Every single week, uh, they're keeping this team in the game. And, you know, I, I don't know uh, if the offense keeps putting them in positions like they are. You know, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold Ohio State, to you know, 20, 24 points or whatever it was that Michigan State got 20. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. Um, and I just think it's it's kind of the, the adversity that hit them and kind of they didn't have the wave of momentum that they had last year and all that kind of stuff combined together with just the execution on offense is just really, really doing this team in. Um, and, you know, you just hope they're able to turn it around. I know they're a confident group. Uh, they believe in each other, like I said. And I, I think there's a, a path to them trying to trying to crawl themselves out of it and get to six wins and get to a bowl game. And, you know, you try to go from there. But uh, right now it's looking pretty sleek or pretty bleak. So um, you, you just hope they're able to turn it around. And it doesn't get any easier. Um, you know, Ohio State comes to town. And even games like, you know, the bucket game. Look at what Purdue did last Saturday. Uh, you know, you look at – Going to Maryland probably won't be the easiest thing. They usually have a pretty good offense. Michigan on the road. Minnesota, they you know they they've been playing pretty well in the Big Ten as well. So I mean it, it's it's a tough schedule, um, and they're gonna have to really figure things out because you can't just keep getting field goals and expect to win these games.
2: Dylan, if Indiana doesn't figure some things out, conceivably, how many more wins could they realistically get playing football uh, the way the offense is right now?
3: I mean, I think they can probably beat Rutgers at home. Um, and I'm trying to think of who else they have. I mean, beating Minnesota at home is is probably a possibility, you know, just because that game's at home, it'll probably help them out a bit. Um but yeah I mean, going to Michigan, that's gonna be tough. They're playing really well right now. Uh, I think going to Maryland might be a sneaky, tough game, but I think they're certainly capable of winning it. um, but it it just gets it's just getting harder and harder. And now I think the bucket game is a little bit more up for grabs than everyone thought it was. I mean, you know, Purdue's been interesting because I mean they the, the only lot that they' lost this year is to Notre Dame. Um, and, and I think they played them pretty tough. They lost to Minnesota as well, so I mean, I don't know what to expect at Purdue, but the fact that it's in West Lafayette, that may be a tough one to get. We know when Indiana, they might be hovering around that five-win mark when they go to West Lafayette, and in the first two years of Tom Allen's career here, uh, they lost that bucket game to get to a bowl game, um, and they lost them both of them, so you know you hope that's not the scenario going in, but uh, the path to six wins just looks a lot harder than it, than it did uh, right when the season started, and uh, I think it's, unfortunately a very real possibility that they could possibly be just five and seven. And that, that's a real step back. Um, But I think if you can get to six wins, you can get to a bowl game, you know, something like uh, six and six bowls, like maybe the music city bowl, Nashville, something like that. Um, You know, you might be able to, if you win that bowl game, that, that kind of gets you back on track a bit. You finally get a bowl game for the first time in a long time, and you're able to kind of take that momentum with recruiting in the next season. So I think that's kind of the goal for this team right now, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's looking tough to get, and uh, you know, hey, maybe maybe they shock the world and they beat Ohio State on uh, on Saturday or whatnot, and that could really maybe turn things some things around. But uh, we'll see. You know, uh, it, it's going to be tough to to get to those six wins this year.
2: Talking with Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, uh, college hoops is starting. We're, we're talking a lot about IU basketball today. The AP poll came out. Lots of Big Ten teams ranked in the top 25. Indiana, two spots outside the top 25. So my question is this. As we get to early November, I think November 6th is the next IU basketball event, the new Fan Fest that's going to take place. And then shortly after that, IU has its first game of the season. But if we get to after the Michigan game, which is Saturday, November 6th, on the road in Ann Arbor, and Indiana loses to Ohio State this week, loses on the road to Maryland, loses at Michigan, which I think they're going to be the underdog in all those games, maybe not as much at Maryland, but I think they will be the dog. Uh, Does IU football matter the rest of the season after that point, or with all the excitement about IU and TJD back and new players and Coach Woodson, will that just completely sweep away any remaining interest, fan interest in this football team for the rest of the way?
3: I think it's already kind of slipped, Um, and I think the one thing that's helping out is Ohio State comes to town, and it doesn't matter how good or bad Indiana is, it's always going to be an exciting game. People from Columbus are going to come up, Indiana's fans are going to show out, because you just want want to beat the Buckeyes, and I think that's going to be a really fun atmosphere and kind of environment, tailgating scene this Saturday. Um, So that's going to be really good, Uh, but yeah, as you said, if they lose that game and they lose the next couple... Uh, and they have what two wins? um It's, it's probably going to be completely gone. I mean, I I wouldn't expect many people to show up to the Rutgers or Minnesota home games, especially because it'll be a little bit colder around then. um But I already think the after I think losing to C- the Cincinnati as bad as it sounds. I mean, I heard people in the in the in the stadium and around the tailgating fields being like, "All right, time for basketball or basketball school again. We can't wait for this to happen." So. It's probably already started a bit. Um, I was texting someone yesterday. I was like, "Man, I can't wait for basketball season to start." Because uh, yeah, I mean, the NBA starts tonight. I'm like, super excited for that. Uh, you know, so I think it's 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 going to probably happen. Um, but you know, there's a chance for the football team to still stay you know relevant and kind of in in the the positive spirits of Indiana fans you know they they can pick up a couple of these wins they can beat Maryland on the road you know do stuff like that so i think it's possible but yeah i think the just just because of how much excitement there already is about the basketball team that's probably going to be kind of the biggest drawing uh, biggest draw for indiana fans right now when the season gets started especially because as you said i mean they're two vote they're you know they were second most votes out of the top 25 couple top 25 teams lose the first couple of weeks. Indiana starts the season, you know, 5-0 and or whatever. Hey, the Hoosiers could be in the top 25 already, and that would be a really cool thing for them. And if they're able to sustain that and keep winning those games, um, you know, it's, it's a really exciting thing for Indiana basketball. Um, I was a little shocked that they were um, the second most out of the top 25, but I think it's just showed how much Woodson has kind of made everybody buy into <laughs> what he's doing in, in Bloomington, uh, even the national people. You know, I think everyone's kind of recognizing, hey, this team's got some real talent um and we'll see what they're able to do. So, yeah, I think I think to back to your original question. I think Indiana basketball has already kind of taken the the top pole of hey, everyone's most excited for this to get started. Everyone's super hyped up. Um, but yeah, I mean, the football team could could still create a lot of excitement, you know, like if you beat Ohio State, obviously that'll be a huge thing and people will be talking about that for a while. So, um, it'll be good, but yeah, I think the basketball team, just when they get going anyways, the men's and women's teams, just because how much excitement is already built in to those two programs and kind of the excitement around the season, they'll probably be kind of the the big talking points for uh, Indiana fans uh, for the, the coming months.
2: All right, Dylan, my next question on football is how is this season or the lack of success so far this season affecting recruiting? We, in the off season had some really good news when it came to the transfer portal and recruits for the future, including down in Florida and in the southern part of the country, uh, which we know a lot of great prospects are down there year in and year out. I saw IU had a quarterback prospect from Texas on campus recently, and then it was announced earlier that Dominic James, a a key player, a key uh, defensive lineman prospect, is going to take a visit to uh, IU. How how has this season affected uh, the
3: momentum in recruiting that Tom Allen had going into the year? I think time will tell on that. I, I do think they're they're still doing pretty well with recruiting. I think they're able, just because of kind of the foundation they've built, and, uh, you know, they're getting a lot of kind of, you know, fun primetime games. Those are always kind of help you out. Be like, hey, look, we're playing on ABC Saturday night against Ohio State. These are the games you can come into and play if you come to Indiana, stuff like that. Um, I think that's helped. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely kind of – probably the built-up hype around the team and performing the way they've, that they have so far. It's probably hurt it a little bit. Recruits have probably been like, ah, well, I mean, is this really the team kind of on that upward p- trajectory that I thought they were? Maybe not. Uh, but I do think Indiana is still kind of, they're, they're not completely off that path of kind of getting better, you know, getting to that, getting to that point of being able to be competitive in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, this year's kind of, it's been unfortunate, but I do think there's still a path this season. They can show some competence, They can show a way that, hey, you know, we still. Like I said, if they if they can get to a bowl game and win it, that really just helps out to really kind of turn things around, flip the script, get the momentum back on the program side. You go into the off with a win on your on your resume. I think that's kind of the biggest thing that could really help recruiting. Uh, they, they, you know, they had mentioned, you know, recruits want to come to even when they got to you know the the Gator Bowl and the the Outback Bowl. You know, getting to those bowl games, even though they lost it helped recruiting a lot, you know. So I think just getting back to a bowl game, if they can do that, you know, if they only win two or three games this season, then I say it's probably going to hurt them a decent amount. Um, a lot of people might not really want to come, come to Indiana and be like, ah, well, I don't know about this team anymore. Maybe that year was just a fluke in, in 2020. Um, but, you know, I think just based on what they did in 2018, 2019, 2020, you've seen the program get better. You've seen the, the caliber of players improve. The player development happen um, so I think that's still on their, on their side. It's still helping them out. Um, so, I mean, time will tell. I think it just kind of depends on how this season kind of plays out in, in the, in the end, but um, I, I don't think it's hurt them all that much, but there's a possibility it really could by the end of the season. Um, so you hope they're able to turn around and kind of keep guys busy, but I do think that kind of the family atmosphere, Tom Allen's created, uh, wanting to bring guys in and, you know, they, they talk about character for players. So if, if the player has the right character, Um, I I think that they they feel pretty confident that they might be able to get them still. So we'll see. But, yeah, it could get bad, but I think they're still okay right now. Dylan
2: Wallace, Seymour Tribune sports editor. Dylan, as we head uh, out of here, this segment, uh, high school football moving into the playoffs. The sectional tournaments begin on Friday night for a number of schools here in southern Indiana. It's always a different feeling when it's postseason, when the lights are on, and it's sectional time, and it's win in advance, or... Uh, survive in advance, I guess, is the appropriate term these days. But looking forward to being out at a football game on Friday night, it should be a lot of fun to get the tournament underway. And it also means we're just a step closer, I hate to say it this way, but a step closer to high school basketball here in our area, which we love so very much.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, football techno is coming up. I'm um, excited for that. And, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, I've already had some coaches send me their basketball schedules. I'm like, whoa, but geez, it's already, like, popping up so fast. Uh, right when the fall sports are about to end, then that's just kind of how it goes. So uh, it's definitely an exciting time, kind of that transition, as we mentioned, not just with high school but with college and then you know the professionals as well. With the NBA starting this week, uh, it's always fun to get basketball on the TV. Um, I, it's always uh, I, I love basketball. I think everyone else kind of loves watching it too. So when you have both sports going on at once, football, basketball, talks start starting. It's always a fun time. So should be should be a good sports uh, month the next coming next couple.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Dylan Wallace, kind enough to join us for an extra segment this week. Dylan, as always, thanks for the chat.
3: Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
2: We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with our final segment of the day. Yes, we're going to talk some IU basketball in the next segment with Mike Pegram of Peaks.com. His thoughts on the AP poll. We've, We've talked a lot about the conference, but when the poll comes out, you kind of get the thoughts of many others in the college basketball world, and it looks like they agree the Big Ten should be good May be great once again this season. We'll discuss that. Uh, The health of this IU basketball team, Noah Clowney and more coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for
3: all the small schools who never had a chance to get here.
0: Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective.
2: Let's win for coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back with you here on this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of the com website with us Tuesdays to talk IU basketball. Mike, I've said this at the start of the show today, uh, at the conclusion, immediate conclusion of last season when Archie Miller was still the head coach at IU. I'm not sure I ever would have believed that this IU team would have been receiving votes and I guess technically number 27 in the AP preseason poll for this college basketball season. But my, how things have changed with the coaching staff and the roster and so many things surrounding IU basketball since the conclusion of last year.
1: Yeah, um, big recruits like Tamar Bates, huge addition of, uh, through the transfer portal, of, you know, guys like Xavier Johnson and and Miller, Kopp, who are starters for other power five conference teams and and then Chase Jackson Davis coming back and really,, um, you know, most of the team coming back.
2: Mike, I think it's amazing right now the Big Ten conference with five teams in the top twenty five, three additional teams receiving votes, including Indiana. And then of course a number of Big 10 teams ranked last week in the football poll there were 5 in the top 10 now i think you are down to just 4 Big 10 entries in the top 10 but Big 10 conference really putting out some highly ranked teams at least in the preseason of oops and holding strong Indiana's not but everyone else seems to be holding strong in the conference yeah. so far in the in the national in, in the rankings for college football.
1: Yeah, I mean the conference just has really good depth in both sports. I mean, it's, it's having trouble winning it all, you know, especially in basketball. Um, but it's just got a lot of good coaches in, the, in both leagues now. And uh, it makes for, you know, difficult league uh, games almost every weekend and fun for us fans.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mike Pegram, my guest. Uh, We got to talk about Noah Clowney. Uh, Everybody wants to know if there's any word, any rumor about uh, where IU stands. No update that I have seen other than his decision date. Is going to be pushed back one day from Halloween, which is October 31 uh, to November 1st, the very next day. So, one week from this coming Monday. I uh, wonder why the uh, delay. wonder if there's something to do with the Halloween uh, event or holiday or something, but he is delaying his decision by one day.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I can't say for sure why the delay, but I, I, I would almost for surely think it's because I didn't want to do it on a holiday when everybody's out, you know, and uh, involved with that. So he can do it, um, and he can do it on, you know, work, school day and all that. So it makes it makes more sense. With him, uh, you know, uh, I think Indiana's in very good shape, but uh, Virginia Tech's also getting a lot of chatter. I think it would probably be one of those two schools if I had to, you know, gun to my head right now. But uh, he's got a visit to Alabama scheduled for this weekend. If he goes through with that, then they could definitely sway him given, you know, all the positives that, a you know, the powerhouse football program brings to, to the athletics across the board.
2: Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, my guest. Mike Clowney, you mentioned, has the Alabama <clears throat> visit set. Does Alabama have a home football game this week that they'll uh, be using to sway or entertain him?
1: Um, I've forgotten because he switched the visit. I know they had a lower-profile team. You know, he, he originally scheduled um, – you know, I don't know. I have to. I have to look. I'm just spacing it right now, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's uh, uh, it would. You know, that would definitely help them a little bit to yeah. ha- see see that atmosphere because yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely,
2: Mike. Uh, let's uh, let's close out talking about the start of the NBA season, which begins yeah. uh, later today. And lots of Indiana prospects or Indiana natives and those with connections to our state. I think 19 players that are from the Hoosier State or played college basketball in our state uh, with the opportunity to be in uh, lineups on the opening night of NBA play. Pretty impressive for our state, of course, uh, namely at the top of that list, there are five IU alumni who are in the NBA this year, and Romeo Lankford, of course, probably gets the most buzz here in our part of the state, but we'll see what he can do. Can he build himself into a regular rotational player for this Celtics team This season in year three for him
1: yeah he's probably the most intriguing uh, IU player in the NBA right now because there has been a lot of stories written from the Boston media about him taking a bigger role because he has done pretty well in the exhibition preseason games and uh, it looks pretty pretty good for him right now he sounds like he's shooting the ball well he's just physically not being hampered by anything for for the first time in a while so you know, definitely uh, be looking for the box scores on on the first week or two to see where Romeo's doing. A couple guys have gone overseas. Yogi farrell has gone, um, I think to Greece, and you know and Bonley maybe to China, if I remember right. Um, but so that we're down to five IU guys, but uh, some intriguing storylines for sure.
2: OG Ananobi for the Raptors when you talk about players that get regular yeah. minutes and have a real role and a, I think a definite future in the NBA you've got to start with him right
1: yeah he's he's slowly getting better offensively but he's always been a tremendous defensive player that he he's never sat on the bench because they you can always use a guy who's six foot eight and can guard and can rebound and and no, and he's uh, slowly improved that jumper and become a little bit more comfortable scoring points. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just been a starter for most of his career, just been a really solid player, won a title and all that. So, uh, you know he's had just a tremendous career
2: when you talk about Hoosiers in the NBA we got to mention Victor Oladipo (laughs) obviously beloved during his time at IU I thought things got a little wonky for him in his final months in Indianapolis paying for the Pacers but he's now with the Heat they are expected to be a contender in the Eastern Conference but it doesn't sound like uh, Vic would be available till maybe later in the year as he still is in recovery
1: yeah he's he's uh definitely a long ways away I mean I think there's up. you know he'll probably play this year, but it's not maybe this until after your a calendar year end or something like that.
2: All right, Mike Pegram, my guest. Mike, let's talk football for just a moment. Ohio State this weekend. Uh, we've yeah. talked about the Hoosiers' woes uh, <clears throat> earlier today with Dylan Wallace. The environment for the game, at least at the start of the game, should be good—a sellout crowd, and I think a big part of that with IU's lack of success so far is the Ohio State rabid fan base. Uh, What happens if Indiana gets demolished in this game? What's the interest like for Hoosier football moving forward with basketball season Um, just around the corner?
1: Well, all the marbles go to the the Maryland road game um, that follows because a fifth loss really puts them against it, especially with um, the road game at Michigan. Um, So they really have to – You know, they need to win one of those two road games. If they lose uh, to Ohio State, as most people would, as you know, obviously expect them to do, since they've beat Ohio State since probably before you well before you were born. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, so, uh, you know, they they still have a lot decent amount of talent. They're going to have to beat the teams that aren't so good. They're going to beat Maryland, Rutgers, uh, Minnesota, and Purdue. And I wouldn't say only Rutgers really looks like a team they might be favored against.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mike Pegram, com with us Tuesdays on the show. Mike, thanks for the chat. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. All right, uh, that's a look at IU basketball with Mike and, of course, lots of football with Dylan Wallace a little earlier in the hour. Don't forget, if you miss our live show you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcast and really any platform you listen to podcasts on. All you have to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You can click subscribe and listen to us there each afternoon. And whether you're live with us weekdays on the Big X or whether you're listening as a podcast, we're so glad to have you with us. And don't forget, you can always send in your questions and comments for our guest at 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. I'll be back with you Wednesday. Uh, Looking forward to our Wednesday show, Garrett Weiniger, he's the head coach at Fishers High School, Just in the northern side of Indianapolis, he's going to join us to talk about uh, Harrelson, the uh, freshman prospect for Fishers that just recently got, uh, Jalen Harrelson, that is, that just recently got an IU scholarship offer. uh, Kind of starting to profile some of the better youngsters in our state. Uh, We uh, had Trent Sisley's coach from Heritage Hills on last week and coach Weiniger from Fishers will join us tomorrow. Also we'll talk with uh, on our Wednesday show Dustin Dopirac of the Bloomington Herald Times on IU football and basketball and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune joins us Wednesdays as we talk local sports and there's a lot to get to with the football state tournament beginning on Friday night and so many other sports moving along. Uh, in their brackets, in their postseason for fall sports here in the high school fall season. It'll be wrapped up here before you know it. Football will be the final fall sport to end. It'll end long after basketball is underway. But we are headed to the close of so many different fall sports here in our state. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday program. We'll be back Wednesday at 11 a.m. Again, catch the podcast if you miss us live. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.